Welcome to Awesome with Allison and Eric too. I'm Allison and our only goal with this podcast is to help you feel more awesome each time you listen. Whether it's by laughing at us, laughing with us, or learning something new and helpful, we hope you feel a tad more empowered, lightened up, and awesome, awesome, awesome than you did before. I'm here with the one, the only, the sexy, the talented, the man who's been with me through it all and will still be with me when I fall, Mr. Eric Robertson. Hello. We're back. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> it's very Michael Scott. Good morning, Vietnam. Good morning, Vietnam. <laughs> oh, hello. Hello. Spike, you need to just decide where you want to be so you don't jingle. Spike, come here, bud. We are humbled, grateful. What would you say to be here? Happy. 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 Yes. Welcome to episode 150, It's About Damn Time, or We're Back, Biatch, Um, (laughs) edited for your pleasure. Gosh, okay, I feel really scattered. What are we going to talk about? Where have you been? Where have you been? Are you okay? Uh, Yeah, I am. Okay, okay, so let's start there. (laughs) Let's start there. It's been about exactly a year before, about a year since we put out a podcast as some of you beautiful people who care enough to notice, noticed I haven't been on social media. I haven't really been much of anywhere. I've I've had a couple speaking engagements here or there, and I'll tell you what I've been working on. But I just want to start by saying I heard you and thank you. Those of you who reached out, whether it was energetically or with a direct message or with a text message, an email, wondering how I was doing, telling us that you're listening to old episodes of the podcast. I think the thing that touched me the most was when, and I got this a lot, and it meant so much, I miss your voice. Just people telling me they missed my voice and they missed my words and thanking me for you know, the different things that have impacted them, thinking Eric for his music and his words that have impacted them. It's been a really, really hard time. So where have I been? I've thought a lot about how much I want to share and what I feel comfortable sharing. I feel so much better and I'm on the up and up and I'm I'm really at a major turning point. But I did have, I mean, technically, if you want to know what to call it, you could call it possibly a psychotic breakthrough, not a psychotic breakdown. So there's a difference between like a nervous break and a psychotic break. A psychotic break is more like disassociative episodes, basically like my world chasmed apart. And there just was, it was a bunch, it was like the perfect storm, right? It was the stress of 2020. I finished my book manuscript, the, you know, the first pass at the end of December of 2020. Then kind of that anticipation about it and the reflection that it brought about during 2021. Kind of, you know, we we recorded through about April. I was trying to chug along. But at that point, that's really, my body had started shutting down in about February some hard things happened, some lost trust and different things that that kind of just broke my mind open. And as it broke my mind open, my body just shut down. The one major thing that I think that, you know, I want to help anybody I can with is our, our nervous systems. Our my, my autonomic nervous system, my nervous system has never been regulated. So you can go through all the years of podcasts and that's not hard to tell. <laughs> That, um, you know, that chronic anxiety, that chronic cyclical depression. And it's interesting because I feel like everybody needs a reason. Everybody wants to be able to assign something. So I've been really interested to notice, you know, I, I will just, what I what I say, you know, if I see someone and I feel comfortable, I'll say, well, my body shut down. And it did. My body shut down. And they're like, well, well, what does that, like, what does that mean? It means a lot. I, I truly almost died in different ways physically. There's definitely been a death of an old way of being that no longer could sustain or support the future that I, I want to have. I couldn't see a future. I couldn't see a way forward. I could see a way forward, but I didn't want to do it. And I didn't feel like it mattered or it was possible 
I think a lot of people can relate with feeling confused about relationships. Things are so divided and hostile across our country, across our world. Our hearts break for the people of Ukraine and Russia, the people who are suffering in so many different ways. I think a lot of people can relate to social media in particular for me has been really hard. You've heard me talk about it and over the last few years. And I think there was just a lot of cognitive dissonance, a lot of like, like, what are these relationships? I don't understand what's business, what's life, what's a podcast, what's... I think it just got really convoluted. And, and that's all just like little parts of it. Anything to add, Eric? What's the, the last year or so been like for you? <laughs> I, I don't think there's been a harder year that I can remember. It's, I think I'm confident in saying it's been the hardest year of my life. Your body shut down, wasn't functioning properly, which was culminated by years of living in fight or flight mode yeah, and living on ad- adrenaline. Uh, your body just gave up and said, no more, no more on that. Yeah. Which was really, really hard because we didn't have answers for almost a year. Or oh, like, we had no, no yeah, answers. So, no I mean, answers. a lot of doc- so many doctor's appointments, so ther- many tests, oh, tests. colonoscopy, oh, <laughs> so many uh, hoping for like, oh, here's the like, this has got to be it. And we go in and there's, yeah, doesn't give an answer. So, yeah, that was that was truly hard. One, watching you go through that, but also being a part of it and hoping just as much as you did and having my hopes dashed over and over trying to find an answer. So now that we're on the other side and have, you know, somewhat some answers looking back. Yeah, it's easy now to look back and say, oh, I had a psychotic break and this is what it entailed. And But at the time, the symptoms that were presenting, the different way that everything kind of un- unraveled, that's not what it felt like in the moment at all. No, right? no, it was very, very very hopeless, which yeah. is a rare thing for me. Mm-hmm. I've always been pretty positive and yeah, things are okay. Of course, things get hard, but you know, there's always the, you know, the sun always breaks through the clouds eventually, but that was a long cloud. Yeah. That was a really long one. And I think one of the things that made it so difficult is there were so many core wounds around those areas of fracture, meaning me not being sure about, you know, my business or what I want to share or does everybody hate me? Like those are things that have been cycling, cycling, cycling conversations Eric and I have had for for years. And so it was kind of like even having the conversations around it caused a breakdown, I feel like. You're absolutely right. And the thing that was the hardest was your identity, and tell me if I'm wrong, was wrapped up in the, in those things. In There's, my work. Yeah. yeah. And so because of this absolutely. break, because of like the collapse of, or not the collapse, but you know, no, it was a collapse. the shutdown of the okay. economy so, oh, that, and the yeah. big change, the, the, the big shifts in the world forced things to come to the surface that was just getting along like yeah yeah like business is fine so we're doing okay you know like I've got friends I'm doing okay so these things are fine but when it all shuts down then what we true what we have been identifying with breaks apart because that's not who we are and then when it breaks apart we've been so latched onto it the Mm. The psychotic break comes. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's really what it was. And, you know, things aren't 100% like good right now. I actually am in some really rough positions in my relationships, and it's really painful to look back and know that I was doing the very best I could do, and I still cause hurt and pain for other people. It's just really, it's hard for me because my whole life I've operated under the paradigm that, okay, if these people are okay with me, then I'm okay. If these people reflect back to me that they're proud of me and I'm doing a good job and I'm good, then I'm good. That used to be a really large number of people, meaning everybody, and (laughs) (laughs) meaning the whole world. (laughs) people I just met, people on the street, (laughs) people you don't know on Instagram, people I don't know on Instagram, people who listen to the podcast and (laughs) every single person that I've ever spoken to in a conference. Okay. So it was a lot of people. And then over the last years, I feel like I was able to kind of whittle it down. Uh, I was like, okay, like Brene Brown says, you got your post-it note of people and these are your people that you go to for feedback. But even my post-it note people fractured. Eric and I, you know, it's by the grace of God, our marriage and our relationship was able to weather that storm, that he was able to take care of the kids and 
I just was in bed for so much time. It was really hard because I've, you know, kind of been in a state of shutdown my whole life, my body, and I've just pushed through. I just got to a point where I finished the book. I hadn't heard back from my editors. There was a, like, an oversight. I actually didn't end up hearing back from them for, like, seven or eight months after I wrote my whole book. Like, there was a quick exchange, but, like, me hearing if they liked it or, (laughs) like, I wrote a book and then it was just radio silence and I didn't have any other work. I couldn't, I chose not to work. I've always, it doesn't matter how sick I am, how much anxiety I have, I would still work, still post, still share, still give. I just, it's not that I couldn't, because I I know that I could have. I can always do it. It's that I decided it. Was, I would no longer be cruel to myself. People are like, good for you for, for, you know, taking a break. And I'm like, yes, thank you. But also, we lost just all all of my income momentum was gone momentum I let my office go I don't have any full-time employees I just I let it I let it all go I let it all go because I was in that much pain and that much suffering and I was willing to do anything to heal yeah it took it all it took it all I decided today that I wasn't going to be heartbroken over the things that still aren't resolved, but just have hope that things are working out in unexpected ways. (laughs) That's one of my mantras I have right now is things are working out in unexpected ways. Where do you want to go from here? (laughs) Well, the clouds have significantly parted. Yeah. I mean... The people that we were last year are not the people we are today. Yeah. I mean, where where we find our trust, where we find our hope, I mean, that's all different. And it is, it's much sweeter than it was. Yeah. And I, I think one thing that's really important when you're healing and when you're going through a difficult time is you, you try with all your might not to look back on the past and just shame yourself and just blame and shame. I want to say one thing that I'm really proud of is the work that I've contributed. I was in massive anxiety and I was operating on adrenaline and Diet Coke. That was my truth. And that was as true as it could be for me at that point. There's, you know, of course there's past actions and and ideas that I'm like, oh, I don't agree with that anymore. But good, good. This idea that we remain static and I make a statement and I'm held to it for the rest of my life is so damning and so unhealthy. It really, it, it really is part of what kept me from speaking for so long is fear of being canceled, fear of being shut. So it was like, oh, people are, are going to, people are canceling and, and people are, are mad about every word. I'll stop talking. You know, that was part of it too. It comes down to, do you trust yourself? That is a huge question to answer and to look at. And do you trust yourself? Do you trust yourself enough that you can look at your, your past with compassion? Do you trust yourself enough that you can say, oh, I, I, I don't necessarily think that was, you know, the best, the best, well, not even the best. Like, I don't necessarily agree with that anymore, but it was the best I had to offer at the time. One thing that I do feel really, really proud of is that my intention in the work that I've done my entire life, from the very first blog post Every single dance party, every single workshop, every podcast episode, every Instagram post, truly, although there might have been needing to prove myself or feel valid mixed in there, there truly was an intention of love to share my love. I'm really proud of that. I'm grateful that anybody ever cared (laughs) and that anybody might care now. It's an honor to have your ear. It's an honor to have your trust. I don't want to show up and prove anything anymore. I don't want to prove I'm sane. I don't want to prove I'm insane. I don't want to prove I'm good. I don't want to prove I'm valid. I don't want to prove I don't make mistakes or that, you know, I'm an authority or you should trust me. I I have nothing to prove. I've got nothing to prove. I just got to keep reminding myself of that. (laughs) I got to keep reminding myself of that. So I want to talk to you a little bit about an exciting announcement, podcast moving forward, and then we wanted to share some lessons learned, right? Yeah. Okay. So on a lighter note, (laughs) not that I have to have a lighter note, 
but I do. I have decided to release my book, meaning I wrote a book and then decided that I wasn't going to let anybody publish it. I didn't tell my editors that. I didn't tell... (laughs) <laughs> this was all a very silent battle in uh, in your head. Yeah, no one else knew anything. It's all it was always going to come out. No, that's what you say. I gave, but I gave myself permission because here's what happened. I wrote it, and then my body started shutting down, and then my psyche broke and trauma surfaced. I did not know what was which way was up. I did not know what was truth. I did not know what was reality. I think it's important to note the the radio silence from your publisher was an oversight, and it was someone just an went oversight. on mater- maternity leave. Yes, and they freaking love your book, okay. and they're obsessed with it. And they're very, and they've been very awesome. Oh yeah, the, it was. Yeah, it was because people are out of the office. I wasn't now. I wasn't. Your main editor out. went on maternity leave. That's yeah, a big deal. She was on deal. maternity yeah. leave. It was it was a communication thing, and and they've been absolutely incredible and felt really bad but about the communication error but also part of it was I wasn't reaching out because I had decided I didn't want the book to go out anymore Mm -hmm. so just to like paint a cute picture I finished the book my body shutting down I was gonna start a business with my dad it I was really trying to force myself in a direction that wasn't the right direction for myself there there were some things that happened that kind of like broke my trust and and started basically like I put some people on a pedestal I put a lot of people on a pedestal I think I put everyone on a pedestal but there are some key people I put on a pedestal as I started to more clearly see you know both sides of situations around me not just present situations but past situations that's when some some really rough really really rough um stuff came up for me it was really hard to trust myself and believe myself it was just really hard to figure out what was what internally then it made interacting seeing people talking to people having conversations uh, even even with my 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 family, uh, I took space from my family. That was really hard. I both self isolated and was isolated, but it was it was also because like I could like I couldn't I couldn't do more than that. Um, I just I was unable to. Lots of walks by the Provo River Trail. Lots of crying and sobbing in the river and screaming at God and telling him we're in a fight and we're through and I don't like you anymore and I'm only talking to Heavenly Mother and <laughs> lots, lots of angels and lots of miracles and just lots of new awareness. Throughout all of that, I was supposed to be putting out a book. I, you know, stopped posting on social media that messed with my head a lot. Like, it definitely has changed all my relationships. Social media, especially for in this community, in this business, for as long as I've been doing it, all of the business relationships and social media relationships and actual relationships are all kind of mixed together as one. So as I started to not be a part of that world, it was pretty confusing for me with just relationships in general. Also, from that place of hurt and brokenness, my thought process was, I've given all I have to give. I've said all I've had to say. I've given, and I don't have anything more to give. And I don't want to give anymore. It's not, I did it. I gave. It's enough. I'm done. That's where I was. You know, trudging along, I decided I wasn't going to reach out to my editors to see what was going on with my book until it didn't feel impossible and confusing because at that point I didn't, I couldn't read the book because I didn't want to start dissecting it, but I also couldn't imagine putting it out. I didn't have any income, no income, can I emphasize no income, and doctor's bills, doctor bills. And of course, you know, this was in my nervous system and my like gallbladder, all those um, internal organs where it's like you're doing imaging and physical therapy and just none of it is covered by insurance. So, you know, that was, that's been a really big stress as well. And there was so much guilt feeling like if I just, you know, sucked it up, I could make money doing this. If I just sucked it up, I could, you know, do a campaign or, or get a podcast sponsor or just the different things that I just was like, if I can just suck it up. I wrote my book and I was going to practice what I preached in my book. Take care of myself and be compassionate. So about August, so mind you, I turned in the book end of December 2020 and about August of 2021, 
I reached out and that's when I learned one of my editors was on maternity leave. There had just been an oversight in communication. I was coming in the headspace of, I'm not sure if I even want to release the book, but I'll just kind of see where they're at. Just to give you some context, like the the space I was in is like when I stopped posting on Instagram, I genuinely thought they might take my book deal away because that's what I thought. I thought I'm not doing my podcast. I'm not doing Instagram. They're not going to want a book from me. That's the reason why they gave me a book deal because I have these platforms. And that's, that's a rough, that's a rough spot to be in. That's a, that's a confusing little mind game. Yeah. That was really difficult to have your, like the identity being tied up to that number. Well, it's not even just the identity. It's the value. I'm like, well, I don't have value. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. Well, yes, but also like the value meaning like I'm not valuable to them if I don't have these things. Yeah, exactly. I'm not valuable enough to To anyone, to anyone to have something to say unless I have these numbers to support it. Right. Of course, I am working with incredible people. And so that was not the case at all. They just care about my health and well-being. Had no idea that I had this whole thing going on in my head where I wasn't going to do the book. <laughs> and so I, I reach out and I get the response. Then immediately they there's the understanding. They're like, we they'd been working on the draft the whole time, moving forward. They absolutely loved it. So I sent an outline in. And then when it was time to write the book, I changed it all completely because it just didn't feel snackable. It didn't feel bite-sized enough. It felt, I just wanted it to be so easy. I just wanted anybody who was hurting or needing a little something to be able to grab the book and just open it anywhere and find something. That's that's what it is. And I'm so, so happy about that. But when I went to turn it in, I mean, so I was turning in essentially a different book than the outline. So when I turned it in, I didn't know how they were going to feel because I just decided it was better to ask for forgiveness rather than permission. And I was bored of the outline because I had already written it. So I needed to write something new. They got back, absolutely loved it. And they didn't change anything. When I was writing it, my intention was write to the one nothing to prove just write to the to the one whatever comes through me and as I was writing a lot of it I just was like oh they'll take this out they'll take this part out they'll take this part out I'll write it but they're not going to keep it in there and that was kind of how I got myself to be okay writing a lot of what I shared <laughs> and then they did it they kept it they really liked it and they kept <laughs> it and I was like oh we're really gonna actually okay well, oh you like that story huh, interesting are you like that joke okay we'll leave it in there and so from that place, they sent me a, my cover. I had not even opened the document to look at their edits. I could not even open the document. They sent it to me like sometime in August. I did not open it. Like several weeks after that, I got this cover mock-up. And this is completely different than like what I thought. I thought I would take like special photos or, but I couldn't even imagine having to take photos at that point, right? Like mm-hmm. I was like, I'm an earth woman. I don't wear makeup anymore because I cry it all off. So I, you know, this isn't me and you know, all the things. <laughs> So, and they sent me this cover and the picture on it. And I was, do you remember my response? You're so mad. I was furious. I want you to, I I want, I want your reaction. I want your version of my response. I just know you. And usually when someone (laughs) comes with an idea for you, the first idea is terrible. (laughs) It's always a no, no matter how good it is. It's just kind of a part of, part of the process. So she was mad. She. She finally showed it to me, and I'm like, this I wouldn't is... show it to him. Yeah, it was a while. I, I wouldn't like, show it like, to this anybody. This is so good. This is exactly what like I would envision is better than what I would even have thought. Well, but the place that I was in is I didn't want my picture on the cover of the book. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want it to be about me. I just want the you want title. it to be like Jensen Cheros. Yeah, like Jensen Cheros. You're a badass. It's just the title. It looks really good in pictures. I'm not trying to put my face on everything. Really, I was. That's kind of where I was at. Is I was trying to take myself out of everything that I could. Just take Allison out of it, which is funny. And impossible. And impossible. I asked for a phone call about the cover because they were like, you know, sending an email. And I was like, we're going to need to get on a call. I don't realize who I'm on the call with. He's very, very, he's like one of the main top guys at (laughs) HarperCollins. And I'm 
I don't even care. I was so just like, listen, you guys are great, but I look stupid. And I'm smarter than this cover. And I look like a cheerleader. And on and on. And I just. They let you talk. Yeah. And explain for so long about all the things yeah. you wanted and, they and listened. didn't want. And they listened. And they listened and were so kind. And then they came back. Well, no. Then I sent new pictures. Oh, okay. And so I sent new pictures. <laughs> And that was your Earth Woman pictures. That was my Earth Woman pictures. Because, you know, I was in my goddess art revival. I've got my crystal ball. I've got my Russian sage, which is me. It's all me. Like, all of it's part of me. Drag Queen Allison and Earth Woman. Auntie Creepy is the alter ego. My witch uh, alter ego, right? Auntie Creepy. Yes, you may all start calling me Auntie Creepy now. And so I sent those new pictures. It was November. And I still was kind of unable to look at the document. I really didn't even know what was in the book like because at this point it's been a year right, since I wrote it and I don't even know what's in it it was on my birthday I remember because it was November 10th and I got a email back from that that VP from Harper Harper one is my my imprint part of Harper Collins and he said so I mean this is like textbook good communication like he repeated back to me everything that he understood about my issues with the cover he um, explained why the new pictures I had sent weren't ideal and why just doing a typographic cover was not ideal and then he also said you know here's how we feel about the cover currently Amazon had seen it and really was excited about it it was just it was a cover that people were they were all literally stoked on so they were and shocked, shocked to hear the that, author didn't yeah. like it. But he was so kind in explaining and how, also, how this is like, this is the right way to go very nicely and talked her off the ledge very nicely, which is the way to work with Allison. And then. But not condescending. No, no, no. It wasn't I'm, condescending. No, it was yeah. sincerely yeah, it was nice. Sincere. Like validation and all that stuff. And the, was, the cover is so good and it pops. And so, so I wrote back. It expresses back, what the book is. I looked at the cover again. You know, this is a couple months later. I looked at the cover again. Your, and pride, your pride just slithered off. I had down. no ego no pride and I just was like okay keep it as is no so, problem so the cover is exactly, exactly how they first did it <laughs> all of that and it went back to the first you know you're gonna see it and you can go on Amazon you'll see it today you'll see it today go on Amazon we'll link to it pre-order it please please pre-order this baby please. it is so good the only thing that they did throughout the book when they edited it is take away any time I dismissed myself, belittled myself, or like tried oh, to apologize. Or over-explained something. Over-explained. My editor, Katie, she's so incredible. And she said, and Chantal, you're incredible too. She said, you know, when we work specifically with women authors, we find they'll say things like, well, in my opinion. And she said, it's your book. We don't need to qualify in my opinion. Like, here's what I think. And it's like, we gave you a book. That's You just get to say what you think. That was really powerful. That was a really impactful, powerful message to receive from them to hear from them I think you know if everything had just gone super smooth I wouldn't have gotten to see what good sincere I mean I knew I was working with good sincere people who really just feel like me that books can change the world but I got to see it in action so I just lived in so much fear just so much like it's not even fear it's just terror terror of blowback, feedback, offending people, people not understanding, me not saying things the right way, just so much pressure to say everything exactly perfectly. Which is really interesting because I've read the book now and there's literally nothing but love and, and it's just so good. So that just illustrates to me how what a bad place you were in. Yeah. Because it wasn't real. I'm not just defending the book and saying, Oh, you're, you're dumb for thinking that. Yeah. Because literally the book there's, it's just pure light and love and joy and understanding and relatability. And I was blown away. She wouldn't even show me the book until recently. We did, we did some like final, uh, I shared it with him for the it. first time last week. Yeah. A couple or, weeks ago. Yeah. A couple weeks ago. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. She's my wife. Of course I'm going to say that, but I'm also telling you it's so good and life changing. And, I'm so excited for it to come out. And so if you're feeling bad about something, if you're feeling, you know, embarrassed or terrified about something, those feelings, as valid as they are, they are they, they do not represent the love and light and the value that you hold and that you get to share. Gosh, that's what this book is going to do is help people get out of that. So the title is You're Already Awesome. 
thank you for saying that. (laughs) Yeah, and I get to do the audio, and we get to record it here in our studio. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we get to do the audio book. I'll be reading it. Just in case you were worried, even when I decided I'm not going to be on the cover and I'm not going to publish the book, as soon as they confirmed that I got to do the audiobook, because it's not something they just have every author do now. <clears throat> I think they did for a while, and now they like they had to kind of like prove that I would be tolerable to listen to. As soon as I found out that I got to do the audiobook, I started Googling what awards do they give audiobooks. <laughs> And then I have a thank you speech planned where I include a thank you to Matthew McConaughey for his book, Green Lights, which is a really good book. And he narrates it and reads it. And it is so good. It's Green Light. And that's going to be in my acceptance speech for my Audi Award, which is the book you get for Audible Awards. So just in case anybody was wondering if I was still um, excited about life. <laughs> even from even from like, you know, the bathroom floor, I can occasionally look up and be like but i deserve an award for that like <laughs> so they are right now already all over the internet for pre-sale yeah you can go to amazon you can go to audible you can go to audible and you can see the cover you can see this is it a synopsis or what is what yeah it there's like really good descriptions I know. that they wrote that i'm not even mad about yeah yeah it's all from the publisher oh so. my gosh so I, go now I, go now it's uh, gonna be in the show notes like yeah i don't even care if she asks for it i'm saying it. <laughs> do yourself a favor do us a the, huge favor and go get it the thing about books is that the way to make an impact with them it's all about the pre-order um Um, It's all about the pre-sale. So like that's how you get the momentum. I mean, there's other ways to do it, but that that's why a key focus um, is the pre-sale, which is also why it has been so confusing for me to have this book done and have it out. It's been up for several months, but I haven't been in a place to be able to share about it or talk about it. I am now. It's about damn time. (laughs) LFG. Let's do it. Okay, so pre-order the book. Thank you. It's called You're Already Awesome. It's got 12 shifts. Shifts are just a shift in consciousness, a shift in perspective, a shift in thought, a shift in your physiology. Uh, There's mantras, stories. Honestly, like I was really surprised what came out in the book. It's lots of things. I haven't really talked about before. If I had to summarize it in a couple words, I would say it is very kind. Oh, it's a very kind, sweet. It's like just a gentle, if you, like we've talked about seeing your older self from the future coming back and putting your arm around someone. It's a very gentle, kind. You're just doing great. You're doing great. Yeah. Here's, a, here's our, here's some situations you might find yourself in and here's some shifts. Here's ways to be aware of it. And Here's potential outcomes, and it's just so sweet. Thank you. That's really nice. And it's hilarious. It is pretty funny. It's really funny. It's pretty funny. Her pop culture references are out of control. There's a lot. (laughs) It's like a Shrek movie. I didn't even know some of them. Yeah. So she has some. uh, I was so surprised they let me keep. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, there's some deep cuts in there. Some of you will get it. Some of you won't. I couldn't even believe the things that they are still in there. Like, I go, yeah, like, I can't. I, I kept being like, you guys kept. All the things, and they're like, well, we it's your book. We gave you a book deal so that it, you could be you. Spike's like, in there. Our kids are in there. Yeah, yeah. It's um and, and podcast listeners and um, stories of other people. Yeah, you'll know some of the stories. Yeah, so I'm proud of it. And I'm proud of it regardless if it sells, <laughs> if it makes a bestseller list, if it's praised, if people love it or hate it. I'm proud of it. And I... It's just a miracle that that's enough. It's a miracle that, that that's enough. Um, it's more than enough. You're already awesome. You don't have to do more, be more, figure it out. Just embrace it. And the shifts are all to help you feel awesome now, to embrace that awesomeness. What that means, the dark, the light, you get to be both. You get to be it all. You get to be, you know, a puddle on the ground and believe that you deserve an audible award. Like you get to be both. And it's all already awesome. Thank you for listening to the Allison Saga. Thank you, (laughs) Eric. Thank you for just being you and loving my book and loving me. I saw this. I, I read this quote from Marilyn Monroe. I had it in my notes. It's for you. Eric, this is for you. I'm selfish, impatient, and a little insane. I make mistakes. I'm out of control and at times hard to handle. 
But if you can't handle me at my worst, then you sure as hell don't deserve me at my best. <laughs> Marilyn Monroe. And <laughs> Eric, you deserve me at my best because you sure as hell have gone with me through my worst. So, and your you. worst. And your worst. Can you say that? Yeah. I wasn't the only worst. Yeah, that was the hardest year of my life. Yeah, we both were cute. We both had some cute moments. I want to talk about some takeaways. Eric, you you have takeaways that I really was liking your takeaways. So I'm going to let you take the lead on that. And then we're going to talk about an idea we have about the podcast moving forward. Woo! We're doing it! We're doing it! <laughs> it's happening! <laughs> so uh, there's been a lot of suffering this last year. Still, still at times, yeah. at times when it seemed like it was hopeless, it seemed like we were, the suffering was just suffering. And then, and then like I've greatly come out of a fog and looking back, I had the thought like, well, that was pointless. I kind of suffered and just suffered. I realized I, I've been thinking about that and realizing that suffering, no matter my suffering specifically, no matter when it happened or how it happened, whether I gave it meaning then or now, it still has meaning so even when it was really hopeless, I can look back and in, and right now today I can say that had so much meaning and there was so much goodness throughout it. My takeaway from that is whether you've suffered for the last 30 years or the last year and you regret not finding the silver lining in it at the time and think it might have been a waste, I, I learned that it's not a waste. And the silver lining can be felt in the present moment. And those things can be turned into, I mean, they can die, they can die and they can be turned into a beautiful experience or a beautiful badge or whatever you want to metaphorically do with it. But it can become something really sweet and beautiful to your soul in the present moment. The second thing is I, le I learned is that pride is a huge problem. And I didn't really understand why this was such a big deal. Like, uh, you know, we learn like in religion that pride is the greatest of all sins. And I said, sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, I didn't really understand why, but pride really does keep us out of goodness and love because when we decide that we know everything or we put, we put rules or compartmentalize situations or this means this, or this means that. And when we close ourselves off to things, we unknowingly most of the time turn ourselves away from pure love and, and light. And this, this uh, idea was greatly reinforced to me by a book by C.S. Lewis called The Great Divorce, which I read twice in a row because it was so impactful. And it's basically a guy who you find out it's a dream, but you, he, he thinks he's dead. He, he learns he's dead. And then he goes on this journey towards the light and where all these other spirits from hell come. And they're going to check out and see if they want to go, you know, towards Christ or heaven or whatever or what have you. But they he this this person gets to hear all of the different spirits as they as they journey all of their problems, all of their arguments. Well, if God loved me, he would let this happen. And you get to hear, oh my gosh, I am that person, or I am that person. And you realize that pride truly is the greatest hindrance of joy and forgiveness and love and and makes things so much darker when we have pride. And so when Christ talks about becoming like a little child, that has such a big, beautiful, expansive meaning to me. And I'm really trying to to live that. So that, that's been a huge blessing and a takeaway from this past year is pride is a serious thing. And, we, and truly becoming like a little child makes your life so much better. And That's so beautiful. Thank you. Um, you said earlier, I loved the way you put it, uh, grace and beauty in the hard. There's still grace and beauty in the difficult. When you're talking about the pride, I love the, you know, maybe a little bit of an antidote to pride is that curiosity. Yeah. And there's a really awesome um, Super Soul Sessions with Elizabeth Gilbert that I actually re-listened to yesterday. And she talks about how for so much of her career and after Eat, Pray, Love, she just preached passion, 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 passion. And it reminds me of me, right? If you feel called to do it, freaking do it. Get out there. You have that passion, that passion. You know, for me, with the last year you know, has given me such a different perspective is I just, I lost, I didn't have any p passion. Now I did for certain things, but in the, for a while, but in the last few months before this big turn, before this big shift um, to the light, I've had no passion. All of the art, all of the flowers, all of the, the different projects that were kind of keeping me going when I wasn't working, I didn't care. I didn't want to do any of them. I just 
was in bed and there was no passion. And Liz Gilbert says, you know, I think I've been a passion bully. We think we have to have this one passion and you follow it through to the end. That enthusiasm, that that push, that drive that has kind of just catapulted me forward at all times was just completely gone. In that place, you know, I got, I think, pretty critical of online and I just got really critical. It's interesting now to look back and see what that stagnation and that loss of curiosity Um, The pride, like more pride crept in and um, bitterness and more hurt and more bitterness, which kind of felt like a lot of steps backward because I had been in such a spiritually high place for a while. But then as my body continued to not get any better and that hopelessness, it was like we could hope to a point, right? And that hopelessness just started sinking in when it wasn't any better and we had given it all the hope we had. So yesterday, the reason why I sought out that Elizabeth Gilbert speech is because she talks about the importance of curiosity. And that has been a real lifeline for me, that idea of curiosity. You don't have to have this big passion. You don't have to feel this big purpose. If you feel called to do it, freaking do it, yes. And if you don't feel called to do anything, yes, maybe is there some curiosity that can start to ignite life back in you. One thing that has been really instrumental in healing, regulating the nervous system, being able to trust myself and return home to myself is being in nature and being outside, observing the plants and, and the flowers and it's spring and watching the tulips. They're so tough. Those tulips are so tough. There's a frost and we lose some of the flowers and those tulips and those daffodils and those hyacinth and those irises, those first blooms of spring, they're resilient and they survive the frost and they start popping up as these messengers of brightness and color. But there's been so many butterflies out on the trail. As you were talking, Eric, about that hopelessness and about that pride that starts to creep in, I just thought of the the caterpillar and the metamorphosis and how it, you know, it literally gets turned to mush and I thought that I had been turned to mush before I really thought when I got hit by a car uh, I was turned to mush I thought with different tragedies and different traumas that I was turned to mush but oh no oh no uh it I could die another death there were more deaths to die there were more layers to shed and there still are I'm sure more layers to shed and more deaths to be had um both of the self of the ego and of you know all of the things that you know kept me in a certain kind of hell and keep all of us in a certain kind of hell but i with that curiosity can see a path forward and i just wanted to share that with you as one of my takeaways one thing that i did continue doing with the exception of one month is my awesome on demand where i've been creating meditations and lessons and it's been really wonderful to have that group we're going to be doing a lot of changes to it eric and i we have some great ideas for it but One thing that we talked about this month is that when we fall into that, the role of the victim, the way to flip that script when we when we feel like we're in the role of the victim is to move to creator. And so we become someone who, like Eric said, maybe in the suffering it gets lost. Maybe in the suffering you feel like there's no meaning and you're not assigning meaning during the suffering. But at any point and in the present moment, we can always become a creator. I've been thinking about that podcast episode we have from way back in the day, Are You a Critic or a Creator? And I stand by it, man. I stand by it because in that role of victim, I really became very, very, very critical when you flip that to creator, it's very powerful. And the one phrase that has helped me do that so much is, I can, I just don't know how yet. I can live in this uncertainty. I just don't know how yet. (laughs) I can put a book out to the world. I just don't know how yet. I can do all of the publicity and promotion that needs to happen. I just don't know how yet. I've been living in that place for for months and months just now am i starting to be able to see some some possible solutions but i don't even need to know how yet and when i need to know how i will know Woo! okay so i can do it i can do it i can do it i can do it and we're doing it and we're recommitted 
Let's talk about yeah. moving forward. Season three of the podcast is going to be so great. We are, I, I've been, uh, it, it, honestly, the last, when, like last year, I was like, I was losing steam on it, you know, because it was weekly and I felt like I didn't have, have anything to say. But after this year, um, after introspection and, and seeing uh, and being ex- so excited for the future and art and, and just discussion, we are so excited for season three. And so we are, we're stoked to go th- to get into it and to bring uh, a weekly. We're going to go back to being every week. I mean, give us a break every once in a while. Well, right? like, we'll yeah. see, you know. Yeah. I've never, I mean, don't, never don't, been 100%. Don't ask, don't ask too much of me. <laughs> because we put so much effort into this, we are going to give our Venmo link and ask if you have found any benefit, if anything has brought light to you, if you have found anything that's helped your life. If you feel like sharing and, and returning the value to us, we would be super grateful. We are stoked and we're just so excited to keep going and to bring an amazing season three to you. We've had some sponsors here or there in the past. When we were thinking of bringing the podcast back up, I said to Eric, well, maybe going forward, one way that we could make money is to have sponsors every week on the podcast. And I'm, I'm not opposed to that, but I love having this conversation with you guys. Like Eric said, if you have found value in the past moving forward, if you want to throw us, you know, a few bucks, $10, if you want to, if you feel like you can do more than that, I think it will be really fun next week. I want to say thank you. So I'm going to do some singing thank yous on the pod podcast and shout outs. I'm not giving information of, of how much you give, but, but just thank you guys so we can do some shout outs. I also think it, it's kind of it's kind of like public television is how I was thinking of it, you know, made possible by viewers like you. I just wanted to see if we move to that model, if it could be made possible by viewers, by listeners like you. Let's see if we can do it. Let's see if it works. Uh, and if you can't, shame. Do not feel it at all. Don't feel bad. Oh we my are, gosh, yeah. We are literally honored to just keep doing this. Yes. Yeah. And so we're just asking if it's if you want to exchange some value with us, we're stoked on it. If not, don't even worry at all. We are going to be here and we love you. Yeah, we love you. And there's there's so much value for us doing it outside of the money, but also it's a little tight over here, so we're not too proud to ask. <laughs> Look at that pride slipping away, slipping away. So we'll put links to Venmo and PayPal in the show notes. And I was also going to link The Great Divorce because oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone in this world should read that book. Yeah, it's really good. So we'll put the links there. My website is under construction right now. I have got a new website. We'll have new awesome on demand. You, well, everything is, is getting updated, including the cover art, which I do, am going to do. I did the cover art for our new podcast. So tell us how you it's like looking, it. It's looking good so it's, far. It's so far. It's not done yet, but it will be when we post this. So thank you. Thank you for listening after a year. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you for caring. Thank you for supporting. This podcast is, I'm going to say it just like I'm manifesting it. This podcast is made possible by viewers like you, by listeners <laughs> like you. We are so, so grateful. We are so grateful to get to do this work, to share light, to share love, to share honesty and truth. It gives us a great deal of meaning. I want to remind you, only you can be you, and you're already as awesome as you need to be. My sweet lover, do you have a delicious tune to take us out on? Yeah. So I've been, we've been gone for a year. No one even knows what's happened. No one even knows who we are. No one even knows. No one even knows. You, you, don't, you don't even know. Even know. <laughs> okay, so I've released two albums over this last year, both under the name Eric Michael Robertson. You can find that on Apple or Spotify or any other cool site. It's so good. Uh, this this track is called Navigating by the Stars. Can I just say that you wrote this for me? No, but you did. Like it was inspired by the music. Music has been a big part of my healing. Yeah, this was this was kind of in a, a dark time, and I was. I'm going to say I was inspired by God and I wrote literally one song a day. I've never, I wrote this album in two weeks. That has never happened before in my life. I don't know if it'll ever happen again, but it's been a huge gift to us and I hope it's, uh, can be a gift to you. This song is called navigating by the stars. 